Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, November 23rd edition. I couldn't think of a clever edition for what this would be. Happy Two weeks. New Year! <laughs> yeah, the Happy New Year edition of, uh, of, of Monday morning check-in. Monday check-in. It's not always morning check-in. Two weeks ago was the All Glasses edition. Last week was the Fresh Haircut edition. And now it's the Happy New Year edition. So maybe we'll talk about that more in a little bit. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska, joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, wishing you and your family a happy new year. We will get to that when we start studying the scripture yes. because you're very confused as you listen on November 23rd going, what are these fools talking about? Yeah. Unless maybe they maybe they participated in worship in some way on Sunday, and then they know. And they They're, watched you flip the pew cushions. I did. Well, just that one. That's true. <laughs> I'm sure Tony would be happy to have you go in there and flip all of them for him. And I could. I probably got a little bit of time today. Maybe I'll go do that. It'll be fun. Um, okay. But at any rate, so this is the Monday check-in. And so what we're going to do in a little bit is we'll take a look at the scripture for this upcoming Sunday. And we'll have a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a mini kind of Bible study. Uh, we'll spend some time in confusion. Maybe there'll be a moment or two of clarity. Maybe there won't. Who knows? It's a mystery. And then after that, we switch gears and we share some announcements uh, about the life of the church at First Pres and, and what we, what's going on and how folks can participate and, uh, and join in as we, uh, we're rolling into Advent. So, uh, so we'll have some more information about that. But uh, we didn't we didn't decide who was going to do the opening prayer. Uh, nose goes. Uh, looks like me. All right. <laughs> let's, let's join together in a moment of prayer. Loving and gracious God, as we gather again, as we take time out of our lives to consider your word and what it might mean for us in this day and in this age, I ask that your spirit of wisdom, your spirit of truth, your spirit of honesty, your spirit of nurture and challenge, might be with us, that your word might be opened once more to our hearts and to our minds, to our very lives. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming Sunday does mark the first Sunday in Advent this year, and we have, we're, we're starting with Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. This is a little bit of scripture that comes uh, closer to the end of Mark's gospel, I think Mark's, depending on which ending you go by, I think there's only 16 chapters in the gospel of Mark, um, which is generally how I go. But at any rate, so this is Mark 13, uh, and we pick up with Jesus speaking, I believe here speaking to his disciples, but we'll confirm that maybe in a little bit. Uh, so it reads like this, but in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. And there ends that reading. So for those that did not have a chance to tune into worship last uh, Sunday, yesterday, uh, let's start with the Happy New Year reference so that we're not uh, <laughs> leaving our, our loyal listeners lost. That was good right. alliteration. Loyal listeners lost. Um, so the, the church year is a little different than the Gregorian calendar. And uh, the church year uh, ends on the Sunday before Advent and starts uh, on Advent. And so... Damon typically almost always preaches that Sunday because that Sunday typically almost always falls during Thanksgiving week. Uh, but this year it didn't. It didn't fall during Thanksgiving, but it was, and we call it Christ the King Sunday. And there are some scriptures that point us towards uh, this notion of Christ the King. But all of which to say, we start the church year uh, in Advent. And so we are wishing you a happy new year on the liturgical calendar even though we're still uh, about a month and eight days away from wishing you a happy new year on the Gregorian calendar on January 1st, all of us are certainly hoping that 2020 will end and that 2021 will be better. Um, and, and we're moving into a time uh, of anxiety and stress related to the holiday season related to the end of the fiscal year for many businesses related to the end of the semester for those in education. Um, and we juxtapose that. Well, let's, that's all the anxiety that's normally there on a normal year. And then we layer that on top of what's happening in uh, COVID times. Uh, and it's, it's a tough time to be entering into the month of December juxtaposed with the start of the church year, which is, Advent, this this scene of of anticipation, of hopeful anticipation, and the joy as we await to celebrate the incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ, the coming of God to earth and flesh and blood. And it feels strange. And this Mark verse doesn't help us make it feel any less strange, does it, Damon? <laughs> no, there's this is part of those passages that that goes actually well with what we have been taking a look at in the gospel of Matthew for the last three weeks. Like the, there's an anxiety to this um, passage and, and there is, so this past Sunday, we, Matthew, this is from a part of the gospel of Mark uh, that is similar to what we were just reading in the gospel of Matthew in terms of where it falls in the narrative and, um, and that sort of thing. And we just read about the sheep and the goats and people and people being judged and people goats get cast into uh, eternal fires. Um, the, and that's related to this anticipated return of Jesus, right? Um, and and the, the judgment that comes along with that. And like when God shows up, God also judges things. 
right? Um, <laughs> we see that in the Older Testament. We see that in the Newer Testament as well. And, and there's, like, there's an anxiety to that. And related to that, then, is this call to keep awake, um, to, to be doing the things of faith, be tending to one another, be sharing love with one another, be feeding the hungry, be tending to the sick, um, because you don't know when God might show up. And, and we're heading into the season of Advent when, when that's really the whole, like, so our Advent devotional this year is themed indwelling, right? We're talking about the indwelling of God and, and you don't know when that's going to happen. And you don't know when you might catch a little glimpse of, of God showing up. And, and so part of it is, you know, like be, like be doing the things that you should be doing. So like when the teacher steps out of the classroom for five minutes because they have to do something. And then when the teacher comes back, like you are not going to get in trouble. <laughs> right? Like you are writing your essay. You are not up at the chalkboard writing things that you shouldn't be writing or dancing on your desk or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and so this falls into that and sort of, you know, keep awake. You don't know when this is going to happen. Yeah. And that keep awake, that phrase, uh, for those of you who are uh, listening three weeks ago, that phrase featured prominently when we studied the parable of the bridesmaids and the lamps, keeping their lamps uh, tended and burning. And, uh, and we focused a bit, I, I did a little bit of a word study in the sermon on that. That word in Greek uh, happens to be my name, Gregorio, uh, and this notion of, of stay alert, uh, be attentive, keep awake. And Damon, I really appreciated the way that you sort of wove that into, so be doing the things that God has called us to be doing, because we know now that neither the day nor the hour. Um, and so we've got to be attentive. We've got to keep awake. This, this waiting for Christ's coming is not a passive waiting. We're not sitting twiddling our thumbs, but instead we are, um, we're, we're doing the things that God has called us to do. And then as Damon preached on yesterday, those things include giving food to the hungry and drink to the thirsty and clothing the naked and taking care of the sick and offering welcome and hospitality to the stranger and visiting the prisoner. And, uh, and so in this time, we are called to Gregorio, right? We're called to keep awake, to be alert, to be attentive to the needs of the world as God has called us to do, not knowing the day or the hour. And it's, it's interesting. Um, the, the day or the hour thing plays along with this happy new year versus January 1st. And, and the idea of God's timing versus our timing. Um, and our time, uh, particularly as North Americans, we, we are driven by the clock and we are driven by the calendar, right? It's chronological time. And Damon has a thing or two to say about this, uh, certainly. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> which, which of my things would you like me to say, Greg? Well, I was, I was reflecting perhaps uh, on... on that art that you have on your wrist where you normally keep your watch. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that might tie into this a little bit on some mm -hmm. way or another. Mm -hmm. um, no, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Which, uh, but, this is it for everybody. Yeah. If you're it's a clock face without any hands. Uh, and it goes along with the inspiration of Ecclesiastes, that there's a time for everything. Right. And it turns out that that is God's time for everything, uh, though it doesn't always fit neatly into our time for everything. Right. Um, and some of those realities are hard to face and some of them are easier, but at the end of the day, 
this passage uh, reminds us that uh, God's timing is at play in this world, even when it doesn't fit into our desired chronological timing, just like we want for COVID-19 to be over. Um, we don't like it when the scientists tell us it's still gonna be six more months before there's a vaccine. Uh, and yet that, that is the reality we're facing. And so we've got to work within that reality and how can we be doing the work of God in the meantime? How can we be living into this vision of God's kingdom in the meantime as, as we wait? Um, and waiting is a thing of, of, of anxiety, uh, but waiting is also a thing of hope, knowing that in the end it will uh, be what God intends for it to be. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I often say about times is that uh, time is a human construct, right? It's a, it's a thing that we make up and um, choose to abide by. And yeah, and, and, and different cultures think of it differently. Um, and what's on time in Victor, Iowa is, is not, it's not the same uh, all throughout the world. And um so, so that's just, I don't know. That doesn't really mean anything. It's an interesting factoid, I guess. Well, no, I, I actually mention this uh, every time that I start a session meeting and uh, the session is always there on time in their seats, ready to go, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's uh, in person here in the church. And, uh, and the concept of time here and the concept of time in Atlanta are different because in Atlanta, you can always use traffic as an excuse to be late to a meeting. Uh, and I rarely started committee meetings in Atlanta on time because my committee members weren't there. Um, and that was just consistent. And so even within the United States, you've got variations in what time mm -hmm. means. Um, and then if you travel around the world, there are certainly uh, variations in time. And, and I don't want to overly romanticize um, Latin America, which I tend to do a lot because I've spent a lot of time there and it's a place that's uh, deep in my heart. But um, you know, there's a prioritization of relationships over chronological time in Latin America. And so uh, meals can take three hours because you're catching up with people. You're, you're trying to understand, you know, and so if that means you're going to be late to your next meeting because you're sharing life over a meal, that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's not just Latin America that I've experienced that. In the Middle East is the same thing. Uh, showing up two hours late to a meeting because you were prioritizing a relationship with someone is a perfectly reasonable reason to show up late mm -hmm. to another meeting because the, the prioritization of human relationships supersedes the prioritization of the clock and the chronological time. And for a North American, that can be annoying as all get out. You know, I've got a limited amount of time here. I flew out on this day. I fly out on this day. I've got to get all my meetings done. I've got to, you know, and, and all of a sudden I get there and it's like, whoa, these meetings are less important than the human relationships that are behind them. Slow down, mm -hmm. stop. And my wife, Jessica says, there's like a flip that switches in my head when I land in Latin America. She said, you become a different person. And mm -hmm. I tend to be a pretty chronologically focused person in my life here. And that that's reflective of the jobs that I've had and sort of how I need to, I mean, I'm head of staff and, or whatever, whatever job I've had. And she said, you land in, in, in Latin America and your brain switches into Spanish, but it also seems to switch your concept of time. It's just an interesting, sure. interesting mm -hmm. thing. And I think that ties into this, uh, that, that Jesus is, is, is trying to teach his disciples a different concept of time. And so rather than being asking Jesus, which his disciples do repeatedly, okay, Christ, when are you coming back? When are the end times going to start? 
And Jesus is like, take a step back, guys. You need to stay awake and stay alert for when that time will be because you don't know when it's going to be. But in the meantime, here's what you got to do. Prioritize those human relationships. Do what you're called to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Care for the sick. Because you know neither the day nor the hour. And so instead, do this, right? Yeah, and I think that the context of sort of Jesus... I don't, I, I really don't know why this is like this or readings like it are always the first, um, the first Sunday in Advent. Yeah. I guess it has to do with the sort of anticipated return of Jesus presence and that sort of thing. And so I guess it, fine. It makes sense. But, um, but I think that keeping in mind, like the context of this passage is really important that this is part of Jesus um, this is part of Jesus' sort of last preparation of his disciples um, before, before the passion narrative, before his crucifixion and death. And, and the community like to which this gospel was written um, would have, so, okay, so this would have been, maybe the gospel of Mark gets written a generation or maybe two after Jesus' life. Um, and so you start the, the anxiety about, well, is this Jesus coming back or not, um, really starts to kind of get raised and, and heightened. Um, and we have in here a reference, I know, truly, I tell you, no one of this generation, uh, will pass away before I return. And, and now the, like the lived experience of the community is, well, it's been a couple of generations. Right. Um, and, and so there's an anxiety there that I think that we, um, being now 2,000 plus years past the, past the resurrection accounts and narratives, um, I think we don't feel that anxiety in the same way, or, or we have a different sense of what this time is. And we have a different sense of what this returning presence might look like. I don't know if that is making sense or not. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and, and maybe, Damon, that answers your question of why is this always uh, the first Sunday of the season of Advent, one of these sort of these narrative, apocalyptic narratives, right? Um, and, and perhaps the lectionary writers were trying to get us to redevelop that sense of immediacy. Um, and, and also to get us to focus in Advent, not just on preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ 2000 years ago, but also that Advent is a time of waiting and expectation for Christ's return, for Christ's coming. And, and so this, this sort of apocalyptic narrative that we read is trying to recenter us and refocus us on that as we prepare for the season of Advent. Sure, it's easy to celebrate the birth of a cute little infant wrapped in swaddling clothes, right? But, um, but that's not what the season of Advent is exclusively about. It's also, we're preparing to celebrate Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago, the incarnation, the indwelling of God on earth. And we are preparing our hearts and minds for when that may come again, even though it may not be in our lifetimes. Um, we still have marching orders for what we're supposed to be doing in the meantime, to stay awake, uh, to be alert, to be watchful, um, and to be doing the work, to be... To, to be doing that ongoing work that we're called to do, even as we wait in hopeful anticipation, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think even if we don't see the the Son of Man coming in clouds, as it's written in this passage, that that we do still get glimpses uh, of the of the presence of Christ, the presence of God among us as as we go about our days. So um, it seems like there's something in here that we'll preach. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think so. I think so. Um, it would be easy to preach about cute infants and swaddling clothes, but I. Uh, I actually challenged myself this year. Uh, you will notice this as we do these check-ins and then also as you participate in our Advent services uh, to preach on the Old Testament narratives, uh, the Old Testament prophecies, as well as this Mark prophecy, um, instead of focusing on um, as much on Mary's pregnancy and the announcement, because this is now my fourth year at this church and I've preached the Annunciation and uh, Mary's Magnificat almost every year that I've been here. So I, I shifted and decided to challenge myself and challenge us to, to spend some time in these Old Testament prophecies. And uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think yeah. it'll preach. Yeah, I think it should be good. So, uh, well, speaking of sort of that, that sort of Advent uh, layout of things, uh, maybe now is a good time to transition and talk a little bit about the Advent devotional that we have going on? Yes, indeed. We've got that right here. Uh, this is our uh, Advent devotional guide for First Presbyterian Church for 2020 called The Indwelling of God. Uh, Damon has done yeoman's work of uh, curating a devotional guide that has a uh, devotion each week and a prayer each day written by members of our community. Um, and so these were mailed to each church member or each church family. Um, they were put in the mail last Wednesday and Thursday, and we, we already got ours in our house um, this weekend. And so be on the lookout if you have not yet received. But this is an opportunity for us in this COVID time where we can't be meeting together. This will connect us as a community of faith if we're all working through this devotional guide together. Each, each week reading the devotional reflections and scriptures, and then each day reading the daily prayers, um, I feel like that will help us stay connected uh, as a family of faith. And there's also another aspect of this, which what we call it a reverse Advent calendar. You can kind of see it here. Each day of Advent, we're inviting you uh, to collect things for our ministry partners. And so Crossroads Homeless Shelter, SASA, uh, the Sexual Abuse and Crisis Center, uh, the Hastings High School Food Pantry, and Catholic Social Services. And so each day when Advent starts, you're invited to collect an item, order it uh, through Amazon if you, you're not comfortable or safe going out to stores or whatever. And over the course of Advent, we will collect these things here at the church, and then we will do a delivery of them to our ministry partners uh, at, probably in January. Um and so, again, just ways, and that's one way for us to, to be watchful, to be alert, to stay awake, right? Uh, to be doing the things that God has called us to do in the season of Advent, uh, to participate in that. So we invite you to do that. I will point out, too, for anyone who's listening, we have uh, this Advent devotional guide electronically as well. So should any of you desire a copy of it, let us know. We're happy to email it to you, or we will also put more in the mail. So if you're listening and you're not uh, on the list of folks who got one, we're happy to mail one out to you. So please let us know. Yeah. Uh, I should mention also in regards to that, we have had a couple of folks who have volunteered um, 
if if someone is going through the Advent devotional and they would really like to purchase things, but they're not comfortable going out to the store or getting it in some other way, we have a couple of people who have volunteered to do that shopping on behalf of others. So, so if, if that is, if you, that is you, if you are listening or you start, you're working your way through that and you think, oh man, I would really love to do this, but I just am not comfortable going out to the store, buying it. Um, please let us know, contact the church and, and we'll connect you with one of those folks who has volunteered um, to do that on behalf of others. So, um, so we, we want to try to give everybody a chance uh, to participate that in, if they want to, uh, or if they can. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that that devotional will be a really good way of sort of maintaining and building community um, amongst this time. Another good way of maintaining and building community is the collective consumption of cinnamon rolls. So <laughs> if you would uh, like some cinnamon rolls, uh, we, we still have some available for a December 13th. Is that a Sunday pickup? Sure. You'll check. Greg will check, and I'll double confirm the date here in a little bit. So yes, the thirteenth. Yes, so December thirteenth. You you did uh, miss out on rolls for Thanksgiving, uh, but you can still have rolls for Christmas or just for December fifteenth. I don't care when you eat them; doesn't matter. Save them till New Year's. That's good too. Um, but you can contact the church, and and we can get you going on that. So. Yeah, um, want to update you too. Session met last week uh, and did make the difficult decision that we're going to continue to suspend in-person worship in our building uh, until at least our January session meeting. So we've got about a, two months of uh, knowing that we're not going to be doing traditional worship in our building. However, we're going to do lots of things during the season of Advent and Christmas to try to help connect ourselves as a family of faith, beginning with uh, every Sunday in Advent. Um, we invite you to do our stay-at-home worship service from 10.30 to 11.30. Uh, you can stream that on Facebook Live or listen to it on the radio. And then at 11.30, which we will wrap up promptly, right, Damon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we invite you to get in your car and drive down to the church parking lot. Uh, and we will be doing a socially distanced, fully masked church hymn sing in the church parking lot each Sunday in Advent starting at noon. And so uh, this is a chance for us to sing our beloved Advent and Christmas hymns and a chance for us to see one another, to look into each other's eyes and to have some fellowship together in a way that is safe and socially distanced in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's one thing. Uh, Christmas Eve, uh, let me tell you that the deep level of lament we were feeling about not being able to have our traditional Christmas Eve service, but uh, your staff is very creative and is working really hard to do something. And so what we've come up with is a drive-in Christmas Eve service, which will be held in the parking lot of the Hastings College Football Stadium. So we will get specific details of the time of that to you. But basically, uh, early evening, you will drive to the Hastings College Football Stadium parking lot. As you come in the parking lot, you'll be handed a bulletin and an electronic uh, candle. Um, And we will be doing a worship service there. You'll park, you'll stay in your car, you'll stay nice and warm. Damon and I will freeze our tukuses off uh, on the steps of the Lynn Farrell basketball arena as we lead worship. You'll tune your radio, uh, car radio to a particular station and be able to uh, gather as a family of faith. We will conclude that service with our our traditional silent night with the candlelights, which will, you'll have those electronic candles. And then we will invite you to carry that candle, that light of Christ out into the world um, as we leave with Go Tell It on the Mountain or Joy to the World or something. 
And uh, so that that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, we're also looking for some additional opportunities. So stay tuned for opportunities for us to connect and share fellowship as a family of faith during Advent and Christmas. Did I get that all? I think so. Yeah, we should just, uh, I think, make sure to mention that Christmas Eve service uh, will be on the radio. So if, if folks aren't comfortable driving in, um, they can still listen at home. And also we plan to live stream it. Correct. As so well, if you can't right? come down to the church parking lot um, and you want to watch the service, you can do that on Facebook Live as well. That's the plan as of this moment. Again, weather pending, uh, but uh, we've got amazing volunteers who are working overtime uh, to make that happen for us. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, and until we get to that point, Christmas Eve is still a little ways away. Uh, away. Uh, we do have uh, some forums that have that are ongoing. Uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh just finished up a three-part series on the Gospel of Matthew, and so we have those recorded. They are up on YouTube now. The audio versions are on SoundCloud, so folks can check those out. And then uh, once we get to the other side of Thanksgiving, Dan will come back and present a little two-part, I think, series on uh, Advent prophets. So take a look at what is prophecy, and what do we mean when we say prophecy, and what are we talking about um, and then take a little bit of a look at some of the sort of ones that we think are Advent related. Um, and maybe they are, and maybe they are also something else. So I, th I think I they can be, be preaching those prophets as Advent related. So Dan and I might have uh, a bit of a throwdown uh, where Dan <laughs> will say one thing in the forum and I will say something else from the pulpit. And then maybe we will resolve that conversation uh, in a Monday check-in or something. Yeah. I don't think that these these things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, our other adult ed class called Heirs of Parents is uh, doing a four-week series on the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and some of the biblical and theological themes in that. And so we would invite you, if you're interested, to join them. I think they're already two weeks into that, um, but you can certainly pick up with them if you know the movie and uh, join them. They'd love to have you as well yeah probably even if you don't know the movie you actually do know the movie now, i have a <laughs> theology professor who would always say it's in your bones yeah um, it's yeah she would say you may not be able to cite chapter and verse but it's yeah, in your yeah. bones yeah i don't think i've ever seen it but i i know what's in it <laughs> Indeed. Um, is that all of our announcements uh just uh christian ed um so we have uh suspended junior high and senior high fellowship um, through December, um, mostly related to increased COVID cases and, and wanting to be cautious. Um, so we have suspended those through December. We'll meet back again um, in the first or second week of January. We're not sure just yet um, right now. Um, and I know that Steph um, and I know the junior high actually helped with this project as well, um, has put together some, some Advent related packets for our, for our younger folks um, and sent those out. I think they've already gone out in the mail. Um, so we doubled those probably... up with the Advent devotional guides, okay, which was great. brilliant. And so yeah. if you have a pre-K through fifth grade family, in addition to your Advent devotional guide, you should have also received uh, a packet uh, for the Christian Ed materials for the month of December. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, uh, like you usually say, there's a lot going on um, Indeed. in the in the life of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska. So uh, I know I already prayed today, so it seems like your turn. Guess that means I'm closing us out. <laughs> Will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, as we enter this season of Advent, we recognize that the world is not as it should be, and it's not as you want it to be, God. And so the season of Advent is a time of waiting, a time of hopeful anticipation for a world made right, for your indwelling and for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remind us, God, of the hope that we have as we wait, the hope that we have in you, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Let that hope dwell in our hearts and our spirits and provide us the energy to make sure that the waiting and watching is active, that we keep awake and we continue to do the things that you have called us to do, even in this in-between time. Bless us as we do these things, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, there you have it. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.